All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quinn Hughes makes a quick dash down the near side. Takes the puck behind the net, banks it to himself. Out the near side, Hughes shoots, stopped by Quinn. Rebound, they score! Top down, you, diamond juice, all I see is you. Right now, you, all I want is you, you, tunnel vision. You. Here's Rattanen, empty net. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation Podcast presented by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. This is an emergency podcast. We've done a few of these recently, Chris. My name is Dave Grilli. I'm joined as always by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Chris, how's it going on this Monday afternoon? We're recording this three minutes after the trade deadline has passed and Ben Hutton has just been traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs. How's it going, Chris? 
Man, I am struggling. For people that don't know, I just tried to do the intro three times and messed it up. I just, my head's in a loop, man. There's there's so much going on. The Canucks obviously traded Adam Gaudet. We're going to get into that. That's kind of the reason for the emergency podcast. Uh, but Vasily Podkolzin also just wrapped up his final game in the KHL, so that's some good news. Um, and we'll have to see what comes of that because we're going to be speaking to Jim Benning in about an hour from now as we're recording this. So it's going to be interesting to see if that comes up in conversation. That'll be the question that I'll ask if... If we get to that point, and if I'm able to ask a question, haven't been able to get one in yet uh, to Jim Benning on these Zoom calls, but I, I got a good feeling about today, so we'll see what happens. But uh, the big one's Adam Gaudet. Uh, Adam Gaudet was traded for Matthew Highmore. Uh, Highmore has averaged eight minutes and 50 seconds of ice time through 24 games this season with the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, Quads, I'll just let you get started. Initial thoughts on the trade here. Okay, so Matthew Highmore, the player the Canucks are getting back, is a player that the Canucks were interested in as a free agent out of junior. So basically, he played in the QMJHL, put up pretty good numbers, but they're basically picking up a worse version of Zach McEwen. And like Highmore's 5'11", doesn't fight as much as McEwen, obviously, so they're basically picking up a guy who's going to rotate between the fourth line and the AHL. Now... The ceiling for this guy is obviously to become Tyler Mott 2.0, and I think that's what the Canucks are kind of hoping for here. And, you know, $750,000 next year, um, that's that's a good contract. It's not going to hurt them. Um, so they're, they're looking to pick up bottom six players that have some upside into becoming, like, actual bottom six players that can actually play. Now, Highmore... I just haven't watched him enough, but from the people I've talked to, like I'm not I'm not gonna say I've watched a ton of Highmore um in his eight minutes a game he gets, but the people I've talked to have basically just said, like, yeah, he can't really score and he can't really defend that well, but maybe a change of scenery helps. That's basically the messaging that's out there. So his ceiling is Tyler Mott, maybe, and then his bottom floor is like worse than Reed Boucher, is just an AHL player. So yeah. twenty five years old, I don't you know, not everybody it seems like not not anybody is really high on this trade because it seems like an instance of buy high sell low like that's what it feels like with this club right now and look adam Gaudet. if you were going to trade adam Gaudet, the time to trade him was after he won the hobie baker award now obviously hindsight's 2020 and the Canucks were hoping he was going to become more at this stage in his career but Look, it's just, when you look at the underlying metrics, and I know you have a lot of on Gaudet that you like to bring up, you combine that with just the human element, I'm quoting Jim Benning here, you quote, you combine that with the human element of him having the stomach problem before this season, and again, like, I talked to him two weeks ago about that stomach problem, and he was basically saying, like, I think I'm healthy now, I'm at the point where I could put on weight, but it's difficult to during the season, so... He was talking about how this was going to be a big offseason for him, and he was excited to come back a better player. And it's just, I'm sorry, like, if, if you're going to have that much patience with the guy like Jake Furtanen, who comes in year after year and just looks like he does not want it, and then Godet has an actual medical issue that prevents him from putting on weight and training in hard in the offseason, and now you're going you're gonna to give up on him? It just, you know what? It's just, it's, it's not a good move no matter how you look at it, and... Honestly, like I know you think Godet's going to be a top six player in Chicago. I'm pumping the brakes on that a bit, but I think at worst, he's a fourth liner who can score and benefit off weaker matchups. Now, Highmore just doesn't have the same offensive capabilities that Godet does, and I just think giving up on Godet at this stage in his career when... Again, the stomach issue, I just talked about it, when he's talked about how this offseason is going to be a big one for him, it just... 
it it doesn't make a lot of sense to me, Chris. And I didn't think they'd have to give him a huge pay raise given the year he's had. So honestly, it just it it's not it's not a great trade. Yeah, I I think this is man, and I don't like. You know what? Best of luck to Highmore. I hope he comes in and and does what Tyler Mott did and impresses everyone because at the time, you know, a lot of people, including myself, were like, "What? Well, well, what are the Canucks getting here with Tyler Mott when they traded Tan- uh, Thomas Vanek for him?" So, um, you know, all the best to, to Highmore. I hope he does make an impact. But man, I I don't think that the ceiling is as high for Highmore as what you have from Adam Gaudet, and I don't think the floor is as high as what you get from Adam Gaudet. I mean. You know, Highmore is going to come in. He didn't play a lot of games. He was a healthy scratch this year for for the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, I guess Adam Gaudet was as well at times for the Vancouver Canucks. But um, I just the floor for Adam Gaudet to me is like this is a guy who would be an would be a guy who could play in your fourth line as a center and make an impact offensively. Like that's like the floor for me with Adam Gaudet. Somewhere in the higher areas of the ceiling of what he could reach his potential, and we've seen flashes of it so far with him playing on the wing, is I really think that this guy would have been able to score a lot more goals playing in a top six or middle six role as a winger because he's going to be a player who can score, you know, score a lot of goals. He's got a great shot, does a good job of going to the net, and I haven't seen Highmore what he's like giving energy every single game. Uh, The returns that I hear are pretty high on it, that, you know, this guy's going to bring you a lot of energy. That's good to hear. You always want a guy that's going to hustle and he's making, I guess, less money than Godet this year, and, and he is paid into next year, I believe, as well on that contract uh, yeah. at $700,000. But this is a guy that I believe Thomas Durant's had the tweet, Highmore is not a center, like, not at all, not even close to what Adam Godet was because he's taken four face-offs. Like, that's, this is a guy who's going to come in and play on the wing. Uh, I talked to some people in Chicago, and they said that, you know, he doesn't roll a lot of penalties. He's kind of used as, like, the fifth or sixth guy on the depth charts for forwards uh, for killing penalties for them. So he doesn't slide in to do it a lot. And I just, I don't see a fit working for this. Like, this feels like, this just feels like the Canucks lost an asset and Adam Gaudet, who I would have loved to see come back to the Vancouver Canucks on a two-year deal Something like $1.5 million would have been fine. Like, this guy has been one of the best in the NHL at individually creating scoring chances. Obviously, he hasn't got the luck this year, but the combination of what you just talked about with the stomach issues that he's had, the combination of going into an offseason with the awareness of that and coming off a year where he just had horrible luck this year at burying the biscuit, like, man, Adam Gaudet, I, I just, I have a strong feeling that he's going to come back next season and be a real impact player for the Chicago Blackhawks and that's unfortunate because the Canucks just gave him up for a guy who like you said really has a ceiling of looking like what Tyler Mott can bring minus maybe the what the penalty killing Tyler Mott brings is so I man I, I just the deal is just it's a bad deal for me again like back to back now with Benning we've had the Tanner Pearson contract which didn't make a lot of sense and now this one this one makes even less sense to me honestly like I I get the Tanner Pearson is going to be someone that's going to help the Canucks over the next three years. I thought Adam Gaudet was going to be the same thing. I really thought Adam Gaudet was going to be someone who could help this Canucks team over the next few years. And unfortunately, they traded him away for a guy who I I would like. On I would be surprised to see him come in and make an impact immediately with, with the Vancouver Canucks. I just I from what I've heard about him, from what I've seen in the stats, from what I've seen from the analytics, I I would be surprised to see him come in and have an impact bigger than Adam Gaudet right now and moving forward. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to mention is we talked about how Highmore's not a center. It's just, Gaudet wasn't really a center either. You know what I mean? Like, at this point in his career and with the Canucks, he really wasn't being used much at center. And it's just, like, 
he can't really defend very well. So, you know, you, you got to be able to defend if you're going to play center. And that's just something Goddard hasn't shown yet. I think it's just, it's, and I know the only reason I'm saying this is because I know somebody's going to tweet at you and say that. So I just wanted to be the first to say it. But um, I, I really think that there's there was potential there for him to grow into an actual third line center role. It's just they needed to give him some more time. And it just it it felt like with that reasoning that that we already outlined it's just if you're going to give anybody more time it's a guy like that is it not it's just it's not a guy like Jake who they've given endless second chances to it's it's got it it's a guy like got that has an, a legitimate excuse like an actual medical issue that prevented him from putting on weight and not being healthy in the off season it's just that's that's a legitimate excuse in my mind yeah I really do. I really think that that addressing that and finding out for the first time late in the off season, he found out about it as well. So like now getting a full off season to work through that stomach issue and, and be more prepared as a pro. Like I just, for, for anyone that thinks that like the, the high more playing center thing for anyone that thinks that listen to this in his 73 games played in the NHL, he's got 73 games in the NHL. He's taken nine faceoffs. He's taken nine face-offs in 73 NHL games. Brock Besser has taken 13 face-offs this season. Brock Besser has taken more face-offs this season in 37 games, who Brock Besser is a winger, by by the way, than people are thinking that Highmore is going to come in and play center. The dude's taken nine face-offs in 73 NHL games with the Chicago Blackhawks. So if anyone thinks he's coming in to play center, they're obviously dead wrong. Um, I just, man, I don't know. I just, the potential for Gaudet was so much higher and I really think this is another bad deal. And I, man, I don't know where this trade comes from, but to me, it doesn't feel like a, a hockey trade. Honestly, like it doesn't feel like this was a hockey trade. Uh, when you're looking to improve your team, I, I think there's more behind this story than than trading Godet for Highmore just straight up. I, I can't see this being a smart hockey deal. I just, it's it's impossible for me to see that. Well, I mean, there's also financial incentive, right? Like, you know, they're going to save money off this, right? And, um, you know, that's the main thing with Godet is that he did have a, he does have a higher ceiling than Highmore. So it's just, again, you're selling low or sorry, you're, um, yeah, you're selling low and buying high. And it just, it's not, it's not a recipe for success in any business that you're running. And yeah, I mean, you're going to have to wait and see what happens obviously you know we hope Highmore comes in and lights the lamp and is this great fourth line player and is Tyler Mott 2.0 because how great would that be to have another one of those on this club but that just doesn't seem like it's going to be the case you know what I mean and you know hindsight's 2020 but if you're gonna if you're gonna move from Gaudette there was much better times to do it like much much better times to do it and I don't really agree with the whole notion that they traded him because he was patient zero for the Canucks with COVID. It's just anybody could have caught COVID. Like, look how high our numbers are right now. And I know we don't want to get into COVID talk, Chris, but I just I just wanted to point that out that I, I think that's just, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, God, it's a guy who's going to help on your power play unit. We saw it last year, what he was able to do on the second power play unit, how most of, you know, I think it was like 90-something percent uh, it was in the 90% of how many goals on the second power play unit were scored when Adam Gaudet was put on there. Because remember last season, he wasn't starting the season on the second power play unit. Like, he's he's good enough to be able to contribute on a second power play unit in the NHL. He might be able to do that with Chicago. I hope that he is. I I, I hope for a lot of success with this guy. You know, obviously, I think a lot of people have seen, like, I've, I've really enjoyed 
dealing with Adam Gaudet in the media. I think he's what he did this off season, engaging with fans and bringing his Twitch stream and you know doing something different that we don't see from a lot of NHL players. I love having that that type of of personality you know to cover for from the media, anyways. Like Adam Gaudet's been great to deal with. Uh, obviously, I had the conversation with him and his wife Michaela earlier in the year. That was a lot of fun putting that article together and just kind of exploring why they wanted to engage with fans more and you know they like this market. You know they were starting to you know chirp back a little bit on Canucks Twitter, which was great to see. I mean, we just don't see that often. And I think this is a huge loss, not only for the player, but the person, because everything that I've had with my dealings with Adam Gaudet have just been amazing. I think that he, you know, I wish him a lot of success moving forward. And I think he's going to have that in Chicago on a team that, you know, might end up using him at center, might end up using him on the wing, but either way, I think he's going to have a lot of success when he gets there. And I just, if you were going to trade Adam Gaudet, like I would have thought that the return would have been different. Right. And I think this is what you're talking about a lot of, of buying high and selling low. Like it's, it doesn't make sense right now that this is a good hockey move at initial look at it. And obviously we're going to have to see what Highmore can do in a Canucks Jersey, but you know, is he just going to be Jace Howerluck? Right. Like maybe, maybe a little bit better, like just a little bit better than Jace Howerluck. But like, I, I, that's the thing with, with players coming to the Vancouver Canucks over the past, whatever, it feels like all of Jim Benning's tenure. Like when Jim goes out and acquires someone like this, they're about to get like the best shot of their hawk, like professional hockey careers. Right. Like Highmore is probably going to come in and, but like potentially play on Horvat's line. Like that's just the way that things work (laughs) in Vancouver. Right. Like we've seen it with VC Boyd was getting time on second power play when they were about to start up. Like, I like I don't know. I could see Highmore just coming right in and getting an opportunity and this this is a probably a great spot to be in. This is a great thing for for a guy like Matthew Highmore, but for me as an organization of covering the Vancouver Canucks, I just I don't I don't see how this works out in the in the long run to be a good deal. I just I can't find a path to go down to to get to that conclusion. I just feel like there's no this is a a lose 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 trade to me. Well, I think you and I are both betting on Gaudet's upside, and we're both betting on him having a strong offseason, right? I think that's where, it, like, make no mistake about it, if Gaudet doesn't have that big offseason and what he's playing at right now is his ceiling, then yeah, maybe maybe the trade works better for the Canucks. And Highmore, you know, again, Highmore would have to hit his ceiling for it to work out for the Canucks, but it's just, it doesn't seem like a great hockey trade at this point in time. And man, I'm sorry, but. At some point, you got to start trading for draft picks. And Jordy Ben's name was floated out there a lot. It's twelve eighteen, and the last deals are just trickling in right now as I say this. But it doesn't look at this time like the Canucks are going to move Jordy Ben. And man, you look, Mike Riley went for a third, Chris. Like Jordy Ben could have got you a third at least. And it's just a shame that they didn't didn't make any deals. And I, honestly, I don't want to hear anybody say, "Oh, well." Jim wasn't trading anybody because the human element, because that's the quote he gave. He said, yeah, I don't think we're going to do much of the deadline. The human element is what these guys are dealing with. And then he just, you know, trades got at and uproots his life. But it's just, I don't want to hear that basically is what I'm saying. I don't want to hear that from anybody because I don't care if Godet was the first to recover. That doesn't mean that you're the first to go. You know what I mean? It's just that if you're going to give that quote and say you're worried about the human element and then people were saying, oh, well, if they don't make any trades, that's fine because he's worried about the human element and not moving anybody during a pandemic. Well, now they got to move to Chicago. So I'm just saying like, don't, don't carry that, carry that into this conversation. That's, that's all I'm going to say on that. This is this is going to be really interesting because we're about we're about forty minutes away from it now. When we're going to hear what Jim Benning has to say about the player that Highmore is, I 
you know, obviously I think iMac was the one who tweeted this out. Uh, so shout out to iMac uh, about that the Canucks were interested in Highmore when he was coming off of his junior 20 year old season and they wanted to sign him out of free agency. Like, I I could have told you that without even like knowing that as a fact. Like <laughs> this this is the player that Jim Benning would have gone out and got. Like, oh man, we couldn't get him in free agency four or five years ago. You know, now now's the time to get him. Now's the time to get him. It's a good trade. We're gonna we're gonna, you know, take this player right off the Blackhawks. He's gonna be a huge impact player. And man, I sure as hell hope he does. I hope that Jim Benning's a lot smarter at dra- at, at pro scouting. Than I think, and, and I think that they've actually made an improvement over the past couple of years at doing this. Kind of starting with the Tyler Mod acquisition, and maybe this is maybe this is just a great eye for scouting. Maybe this guy is going to be a pro and be an impact player in a similar way to Tyler Mott. And now you're going to have a fourth line with with Tyler Mott and Matthew Highmore moving forward, who come out there and bring a ton of energy. And it's just exciting to see what these guys are able to do. But I just I don't think that it was a good idea to sell Godet at the point that he's at right now. That's kind of my conclusion on the trade is just everything that we've kind of talked about and the things that you've mentioned earlier on in this podcast, There, there's still so much potential to Adam Godet's game. Like, there's still a lot of potential for him to be an NHL player, and and I really think he was going to start finding it, you know, this at the end of this season and moving into next year. Like, he, he had horribly bad, bad PDO numbers, on-ice shooting percentage, everything that added up. Just looking at it was setting up perfectly for him to come in next season and have a bounce back year. And I don't think that's going to change. I think he's going to go into the offseason. I think he's going to work his ass off like he always does. And I think he's going to put on the extra weight, come back and be prepared to be an NHL player and be a better NHL player. And now with the motivation of being traded by the team that drafted you, I I think that I think we're going to be talking about Angadet next year and being like, wow, look at how many goals he has in the first 14 games of the season. Like we're going to get to that point next year at some time in November and be like, wow, look at Adam Godet. Like nice start for him down in Chicago. Like I already know that's exactly what's going to happen, and I'll I'll be curious to see what Highmore is doing at that point. You know, when Godet's got you know seven goals in in 12 to 14 games. Like what's Highmore doing in the middle part of November next year? So Jordy Ben, um, Jordy Ben just got traded to Winnipeg. As we were doing this, okay. Yeah, as we're recording, good, good to find out. Did uh, any return on that yet? We'll just do this live here. You, you keep uh, talking. I'm gonna start sending some texts. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, Friedman's got it out there right now. Jordy Ben to Winnipeg. Well, you know what? Like, <laughs> we're we're about to find out live here. But like, do you think it could be? Do you think it could be a draft pick quads, or do you think we're we're getting another player here <laughs> from Winnipeg? No, like honestly, no way. honestly, right? There's no way it's going to be a player. There's no way. Like, that would be... There's no way. There's no okay, way. Okay, before we get the news here, what's what's a draft pick that you'd be happy with? Like, what's a really good deal here for Ben? Third for ben? is great. A third is great. Um, yeah. I think, a, I think a fifth is fifth is really... I think a fifth is a good deal here. Yeah, a fourth or a fifth a, is a fine, too. Yeah. Just, you know, it's just... <laughs> listen, it's just... Um, it's just you, you can really... Um, you can really kind of see what they're trying to do here when they're when they're offloading like you know this this opens the door for a guy like Jack Rathbone to get a look at him like this season doesn't mean anything now so let's get totally. the let let the young guys get some games in i even think a guy like Mikey DiPietro might be getting some games in uh down the stretch here just like i think if you're going to get some starts for him i think now's the time to do it right it's just you have these games that don't really mean much and you have to play a lot let your goaltenders rest give Mikey DiPietro a shot yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised either. I think that the Canucks need to lean into that. I mean, getting as many different players into the lineup as possible is something that they're they're not only going to need to do 
because of this team recovering from COVID and being thrown back onto the ice is what looks like to be Friday for this team. And they're going to have to give these young guys a chance. I think they're going to have to get guys up from Utica, including Rathbone, potentially Gadjevich after his start to the year. We're obviously going to see Cole Lind at some point. Um, I think very soon. I think Cole Lind might play on Friday, to be 100% honest. Um, I haven't, haven't exactly heard that from him, but uh, it sounds like he's getting close to the team. So, um, man, I just... Okay, we're gonna we're just gonna have to like wait for this sixth round what pick. The deal. Sixth round sixth. pick. Okay. Ugh. I mean, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine with me. I mean, I can't you believe know, they two got minutes ago I was saying a third. Cause, okay, if Mike Riley goes for a third, like is Mike Riley that much better than Jordy Ben? I don't think so. I don't know. All it's, right, man. Well, what a day for Benning. Benning's about to address the media in about. In 35 minutes now. Oh, man. Okay, well, you know. What is going to happen here? This wow, is... so a sixth-round pick for Jordy Ben. You know what? They added a pick for Jordy Ben, yep. who they're not going to get after this year. That's fine. Adding another sixth-round pick, I mean, that's good. The Canucks just drafted a, a sixth-round pick in Dmitry Zlodiev at the last draft, who's looked very impressive. So now there's another shot that you can take on a guy like that with a high ceiling. So adding a sixth round pick is good for Jordy Ben. That's fine. Yeah. I just, and you know, I wasn't expecting to see a, a third or a fourth or a fifth or really. I mean, I, I said that would be a good deal. I just, I wasn't expecting a good deal. I was more expecting a seventh or a sixth. And, and I'm, I guess I'm happy to hear that it was a sixth. That's, that's good to hear that they added a sixth round pick. Madison Bowie to Van. Madison Bowie to Vancouver. What the hell? This is insane. And a 2021 fifth from Chicago for a 2021 fourth. Holy smokes. Okay, Chris, we've got to, we've got to break this down. This emergency podcast. St- oh my gosh, this is hilarious. Okay, so Madison Bowie, I'm told, and I've, I've, I'm only told this from a while back because I was looking at him as an option. He's not a great defenseman. He's like a 6-7, but he has some upside. Like, he could become something, and that's more upside than Jordy Ben has. So, uh, okay. Yeah, Madison Bowie. Interesting. Interesting pickup for this club. Uh, and, yeah, and a fourth, it looks like. Or, sorry, and a fifth. Yes. Okay, so they traded down a, a year? To yeah, get- yeah. So, Bowie. Okay, Bowie and a fifth for a twenty. 20- 21 fourth rounder so it's basically they just traded down a bit and picked up okay uh, so bowie's bowie's a 25 year old he turns 26 actually like today um happy birthday madison (laughs) or tomorrow sorry on the 10th on the 10th or in 10 days (laughs) i'm completely messing this up april 22nd uh he'll turn 26 years old he's got two games this year for chicago yeah right-handed shot all right i mean he's gonna come in and and play yeah he's gonna play I, I don't hate that trade. It's a right-handed shot defenseman with some upside, 6-2. Just let him, let, you know, this is this and is one got, that you're yeah. just, you're you're not upset by it because it's not like they traded Adam Gaudet for Madison Bowie. You know what I mean? Like, that's not <laughs> what happened here. But look at it They moved this down way. in the draft one, one round, right? One round yeah. down. Look at it this way. Look at the entire deal that was done with Chicago today because, yeah, maybe these are, these are two separate deals quite clearly, but if you look at it all in total, you know, they gave up Adam Gaudet and a fourth for Madison Bowie, Matthew Highmore, and a fifth. That return sounds a lot less worse than Adam Gaudet for Matthew Highmore straight up. So I'll just say that. Yeah, but it doesn't sound good in total no, it doesn't. still. It like doesn't. It, it still doesn't sound good as the t- the total deal there. So yeah. And even looking at what they gave up in Ben for a six, I mean, so what they've added today is a sixth-round pick, 
Uh, they've moved down one year in the draft, and they've added Highmore and Bowie. Yeah. Man. Wow. So uh, a busy little spurt there at the end. Uh, <laughs> I wonder if the Canucks are done at this point. Um, you know, it's... Yeah. I don't know what to say, honestly, from the whole thing with Goddard. It's still it's throwing me through a loop here. and I mean, I'm excited to see what Bowie can do in the Canucks lineup. That's great. Um, he played in... I think he's from... Like, he played in Kelowna, right? Uh, I have no clue. I'm, I'm tweeting. Okay, yes. Yeah, he played uh, played for the Rockets, second-round pick in uh, 2013 from Winnipeg. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what he can do. You know, six foot two. Haven't obviously watched him a ton, so I can't break down his game. I don't want to. From uh, Have to do some, some looking into his advanced stats as well. But, uh, wow, a little bit of a busy run there at the end for the Vancouver Canucks. I think uh, I didn't really expect that to be the case here, to be 100% honest, quads. No, me neither. This uh, this was the Adam Gaudet show, but now it's become the Madison Bo- Bowie show, the Bow show. <laughs> you should close well, this um, out. I don't think there's anything yeah, else we'll close, coming. No, we'll close this out with uh, Vasily Podkolzin uh, getting eliminated from the playoffs today. Covered my last uh, my last ska game quads my last uh, my last game. I'm excited to not wake up at, for these early games anymore. Uh, we'll be excited to watch Zlodiev next year in the KHL, but uh, it's it's nice to have the Pod Colson situation behind me. I think, and um, that's going to be interesting to see if Jim Benning wants to to get that going right now. Right? Like, do you think mm. that he wants to get Pod Colson out of that deal? I think that that could be something that he might actually talk about today in in the press conference to kind of bring a positive note to them and. A lot of people look at that as a positive, getting Pod Coles in here right now and, and seeing what he can do for the rest of this season. But, you know, that does take a year off the, the entry-level contract as well moving into next season. So that's that's something to discuss as we move moving forward. And we'll hear from Benning Talk in about 30 minutes' time right now. So uh, we'll wrap things up, Quads. Anything else you want to add before I uh, close this out? No, fun episode, Chris. Fun emergency episode. Yeah, some live uh, live trades coming down the pipe, man. I wish we had that. Uh, wish we were li- on the radio, you know. Maybe have a text line, some phone calls right now. It would have been good. But uh, we'll wrap things up there for an emergency podcast. I'll get to editing and throw this thing out right now. Uh, we're still gonna do another midweek episode this week. I think we'll break down everything in the midweek episode. Maybe on Wednesday instead. Maybe we'll bump it a day again. Uh, we'll talk on Wednesday for a midweek episode and be back for a Saturday show as well. So we'll wrap things up uh, here on the emergency podcast for David Quadrelli. My name is Chris Faber, and thank you very much for tuning in to an emergency podcast of the Canucks Conversation. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 